They're taking cherubin pot strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time looms. And in the front bar of a top-end pub... So I'm laying down talking to my sports psychologist and she balks at my offhand suggestion that I'm naturally an intuitive fisherman. Get this, she suggests that my recent midweek harbour missions display effectiveness-diminishing tendencies of carelessness and impulsivity. And a meditation visualisation practice will make me, and I quote, top shit on the water. What? Oi, oi, Tim, Tim. More. Oi, hang on. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day fishos, welcome to the tinny for another week and God bless the rain. It's a positive week for once. Finally, it's here. It's here, fishos. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise. Praise be the mother. Praise be the mother. Woo. It's here. It's only a little bit though. <laughs> <laughs> but the glass fishos is, what do we say, Andy? It's a, it's a tenth full. The glass is a tenth full. It's not nine tenths empty. <laughs> Exactly, that's the attitude. <laughs> it's here. Tim Moore, you're oh, back with oh, positive. Let, let's I can take feel it. the vibe. Well, we've got to take it. I mean, this is the dawning of a new era. Is it not? It is. This is new horizons. It, it's rained a little bit. I, I know, it's rained a lot more, but it's rained a little bit. Magilla was at 1.9 yesterday, our highest it's been this year. There's starting some water starting to push down yellow waters uh, and into the south. There's even some, the Catherine River is even coming up a little bit. And starting to pulse down the uh, daily, which will be exciting, Warren DeWitt, very, very much. It's just showing that the waterworks still work. There's nothing better <laughs> when you figure out that the waterworks are still working. That is positive. <laughs> when you hear the tinkle at the time, you should expect the tinkle to be heard. Uh, and yes, I, I have been away for a week or so. I, I also may well have been using a, a dirty old black sock as my bow tie at the wedding, Andy. I heard that <laughs> with bolognese stained shirt. But well, Were we right? Is that what you, but, but, pretty much what you were wearing? Yeah, that's pretty much thing. <laughs> but at least I wasn't using my fishing tackle to make jewellery, as I, I saw on your feed on Facebook uh, during the week. Oh, fair cop, Gov. What was going on there? <laughs> well... The harbour was blowing 45 knots westerly and, uh, you know, the rivers weren't working and my daughter said, I want to make some rings for my friends. So I said, all right. That was very good of you. To the tackle box we go. <laughs> Tell me how you did it. A little bit of shark trace, a couple of aluminium sleeves and uh, a little bit of fake jewellery super glued to the top and we had orders the next day for more. <laughs> Straight from the tackle box. <laughs> That's a good way to whittle away the hours while it's blowing a gale and, and raining. Hmm. I've got some other matters to attend to, if you'll indulge me, uh, Andy, uh, before we kick it off. Remember, we were talking about everyone giving up the booze the yes, other week yes. and preaching about it, mm. uh, where we maintained uh, that we need a, a, a get-on-it month as part of the resistance. Yeah, which we were um, technically scheduling for March. Mm. Mm. Uh, that weekend, I called Beard after that show on the Saturday to find out why he was actually doing it, why he was part of FebFast. Oh, yeah. 
and uh, if he wouldn't mind taking some forced leave from the tinny until he was done. <laughs> uh, I couldn't reach him. Uh, guess why he wasn't contactable? Tell me. Riddle me. He was out fishing huh. on a secret mission. Oh. Secret from the church and secret from the, the inner sanctum here at Tinny HQ. Well, I didn't know about that either, Tim. He was off on an overnighter that very night. The skipper on the trip, who's widely accepted in Darwin as a very skilled, high-profile fisher, imagine his disgust. Upon multiple offerings of frothies, beard just goes, nah, mate, no beers till the end of Feb. Again and again, it happens. Cheers. Yeah, but nah. Wow. Yeah, but nah. Wow. And he's a representative of Tales from the Tinny, this guy, mm. on a high-profile fisherman wreck fisho's boat. The other thing that's going on is that they're actually catching zero fish. So the finger starts to point at Beard, as it rightly should, to the point where Beard was accused of actually being a banana. Not carrying bananas, but being, actually being a human banana, like a banana with a beard. <laughs> beard, you've disgraced the good name of the tinny. We'll just consider this a blip or a dip in his otherwise uninterrupted enjoyment of the... Uh, Frothies. Well, let's let's turn the mood up a bit, Tim. Uh, the show today, uh, you know that I like the odd quote. Um, most of them are odd. Jack Nicholas, the former golfer, he said there are always new places to go fishing. For any fisherman, there's always a new place, always a new horizon. And Tim, today the show is all about new horizons. This was Jack Nicholas. Mm. Why do we care about his fishing quotes? He was a golfer. Or was he pro fisho as well? No, he was, he loved. No, he wasn't a pro fisho, but he loved fishing as well. Okay. But, yeah. Is and that a strong enough link for you? It's or good enough. You happy with that? Sure. Some bloke who who liked fish <laughs> said something about fishing. <laughs> well, it fit. I wanted the word horizon. Was he the guy with the one leg or the one arm? He might have been. Who was that golfer what? with the one arm? That he was him. He might have been the one arm. Was that guy. him? Yeah. If it's not, sorry, Jack. If it is, legend, Jack. Okay. Yeah. How did he fish with one arm? I'm not sure, but. He still says New Horizons, and that's the only word I was <laughs> okay. looking for when I was Googling this. Yeah. I didn't expect that to be unpacked word by word. But anyway, we've got Beryl from um, Beyond Bar on Level 7. She's been doing wonderful work uh, recovering individuals, basically, and pushing them in the direction of New Horizons. You're going to hear a bit about some of the products of Beryl. And we're going to just take all that pre-rain gloom that we've been talking about, Tim, and we're going to convert it into some, some positive energy. We're going to cleanse the church today with the purest of northern Australian rain and we're going to unleash the potential in all of our anglers. We're going to stop doing things like chasing tarpon and making jewellery out of shark trace. Are we? Mm. And we're going to focus on, on the big prize and that's, that's runoff and that's barra. <laughs> We've got to realign here, Tim. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Belt in the casts and uh, triple hookups all around. I was crying. I was just in shock. It hurts. Put our backs back in. It scared her a bit, I think. She touched it and poked its eye and was pretty happy with Mum. Tales from the Tinny. Jack Newton, Andy, one-arm golfer. Not Jack Nicholas. Yeah, yep. Jack Newton. It's time to head down the track to DeWitt. How high is the water, Mama? Two feet high and rising. How high is the water, Papa? She said it's two feet high and rising. I mean, two, three foot. It's a good start, Warren. My word it is, fellas. It's fantastic. It's finally, finally happened, which has taken us all the way till the end of February almost before we see the Catherine River get above one metre. So it got up to eight metres on Thursday. Traditionally, um, Traditionally, eight metres is kind of, Average wet season, isn't it? 
Not even talking about it. Yeah, yeah. normally you wouldn't even <laughs> raise your eyebrow. <laughs> but at this point in time, we're happy to take whatever we've given and um, at least it's going to now push a pulse, a, a very strong force of water down the, the daily, which will help clear out a lot of that silt buildup, which is happening um, in a fair few of those big hairpin bends down there. There's a few people I've been talking to who were down there on the weekend on the neap tides and couldn't get past Alligator Head. Um, and if people know where Alligator Head is, it's right down the bottom of the daily there, just below Tackle Box. Um, and they were that shallow, they couldn't get find a channel to go any further downstream. And if they would have went over it, they would have not able to come back until the high tide or till the tide was coming in because it was way too shallow to motor up against the current. So it just, uh, just shows you how important it is, I suppose, for us to have good monsoon and good wet seasons. Same story on a lot of the big rivers, actually. We're talking to Ronnie a bit later and says the same. it was the same case on the south at the beginning of, of Feb. You know, just not navigable. Too much sand. Same on the east, too. Massive sand and silt build-ups. How, how big a... Like, how, how much does the daily come up at the crossing from the Catherine having been at eight metres? It'll come up to probably eight metres at, at the Daly River crossing as well. It's because there's been a fair bit of water feeding into... Uh, the daily from the flora and and the other rivers on the eastern or western side of the daily sorry and they're all pumping it up now which is really good so if you look at Doris Vale crossing um, today it's it's rising still which is really good so all this water still coming down from the Catherine it'll push really hard it, it won't be enough to do everything that we want but at least it's a start and at least we're starting to see some activity now in the river systems. Yeah, I drove back from Catherine yesterday, Warren, and drove over the Ferguson. That was absolutely pumping, like it was right, almost right up near the bridge. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and, well, and that's, that's one of the hear. one of those feeders, isn't it, that you talk about? Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's the big contributor as well is the Ferguson into the Daly. Um, so that's that's a really good thing to hear, and so is the Edith, which flows into the Ferguson. They all pump a lot of water into that uh, top section of the Daly and really get it rocking and rolling. So. People need to be careful going down the daily this weekend because there is going to be a lot of timber coming down, a lot of debris in the water and a lot of snags that have been shifted from up top this way and they'll be floating down under the water or just on just below the surface. So be very careful if you're navigating on the daily this weekend. Yeah, probably not much value talking about the actual quality of the fishing in these conditions at any of the rivers, but on the rain front, it's fantastic that it's not just isolated because hasn't MacArthur and Roper been getting a pummeling from the back of that cyclone? Yes, exactly. The MacArthur's been really the standout, I suppose. It caught most of that rain as it come through uh, Cyclone Esther. The Roper hasn't really done a lot. Um, the other one that's really done has done exceptionally well is the Vic. It's really high out there and getting higher and higher, so it's really rising because that low has moved across into the Kimberley. And I'm led to believe, and if um, everything goes according to what the bomb and, and uh, windy weather are predicting. It'll turn around at Fitzroy or at Derby, sorry, and come back over Fitzroy and then come back towards us a little bit before heading down towards Tanner Creek and going into Alice Springs. So it hasn't finished here yet. So hopefully it might even just come back far enough to put some more water into the top of the daily um, in those catchments on that western side of the daily as well. Yeah, it was a really interesting system, Warren, when you read through some of that bomb stuff because it actually kept a lot of its shape over land. And the other, yes. the other interesting thing about that one is it didn't form with MJO. MJO was nowhere to be seen. So, But MJO is what is influencing now, isn't it? Like we're at the top end, this is actually a trough, not the back of the cyclone, yeah? 
Well, the actual MJO pulse is nowhere to be seen at the moment. So, in well, that's fascinating. That's a fascinating insight, Andy. <laughs> but, but it means in the next few weeks there might be a chance of those conditions coming back what about, for, for what? A, a monsoon, a monsoon trough, and for more low formation. So this formed um, out of any of that. And what about the South East Indian dipole? What <laughs> is, there, is there any? Is that playing into this at all? What, medium or hot chilli? I don't know. In your Indian dipole. Hey, Warren, have you seen much spear grass around? <laughs> what? Who asked you to ask that, by no, the way? I, I just want to know if you've noticed much spear grass around. No, I haven't, and, and I'm <laughs> copying a fair bit of stick over that because one of my... Why are you asking just... every single person you see in the street, <laughs> the person who serves you at Woolies, the person at the pub, people you've never even met, about whether they've sp- seen any spear grass? What is wrong with you? Well, because it's a good indicator of whether we're getting good rainfall at the start of the wet season, and, and I've got a number of theories. Tell us, tell us your spear grass theory, Warren. <laughs> why, why the spear grass hasn't grown, but we'll leave that till another time. Okay. And, and, and hopefully, you know, the spear grass will return because I'm a little bit concerned there isn't much out there at the moment. Stop asking people about the spear grass. We'll give you 10 minutes of a public forum for your spear grass theory next week. How does that sound? Yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> see, you. See, see you, Warren. <laughs> see you, boys. Tales from the tinny. Get a big, fat, delicious mullet up ya. Jared from Real Stream and Barra Fishing. What do you know, Jared? We're standing here in the schoolyard uh, and it's raining. It is raining, Andy, and I think, um, yeah, fingers crossed it might hang around for a few days. Where have you been? What can you tell us? Bed bound for a month or so after a bit of surgery, but uh, coming good now. Went out to Shady for a run the other day. Uh, probably the dry, driest I've seen the ramp. There's a lot of silt, um, a little, only a little bit of water coming over the, over the barrage, but our big issue at Shady is um, getting on and off that water, getting on, on and off the ramp, because uh, there's a massive amount of silver at the boat ramp. Uh, really? So walk us through um, sort of the window for launching. Are you saying that this is something people need to be careful of? Oh, massively. If you're, you're going to do a trip out to Shady, I would nearly launch on high tide now, just because it falls away so fast, the tide empties out so fast. I would say there's a good 60 to 80 centimetres of silt that's pushed up and it's just a big mound of um, silt out in front of the ramp so you don't want to be going all that way and uh, missing your window so really concentrate on that high tide, go with the tide, come back with the tide. And talking of windows, were there any fishing windows? Yeah, there again a very very small one so made the effort, went out sampan went around the tommy cut um, we've got a couple of nice keepers but for a day trip I had some friends on uh, it was a big day trip for two keepers and the window was tiny it was just a low tide window every boat that i seen sort of hooked one in in about two or three minutes and then sort of off the bite and went up the river a little bit but yeah it's like the bloody uh, launch time the window there very small this rain, I mean, what do we need to happen? You know, this is beautiful now, but this is obviously only going to last a couple of days. What do we really need for, you know, for your spot, Shady, to properly fire? Oh, we need a monsoon, Andy. We haven't had one, and, and we really do need a good drenching. The floodplains, they've got water on them, but they're not spilling out. So they're flooded, but not flooded, if you know what I mean. So all the little uh, floodplain areas, you know, are probably breeding up a bit of bait and stuff at the moment but 
that won't get washed out into the river if, if we don't get that next next lot of rain. Um, sound and we found plenty of fish, but there again it was that pushing tide when that little bit of bait was pushing through out the front where the window was was biting. So we need that river to fill up with bait so those big girls just gorge themselves for hours. We interrupt this interview to issue a warning that the next 34 seconds will feature two blokes with big guts digressing, nay, regressing, from fishing talk to discuss their mutual love of Singaporean dumplings. If you wish to avoid this, feel free to shout la 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 at the top of your voice until they're finished. Well, talking of gorging, it uh, wouldn't be right for me to do an interview and not ask uh, what you're doing on the dumpling front. Have you been back since we went? I've done one little five-day trip back over to Singapore in January. Yeah, found some good spots. Unfortunately, got to Chinatown uh, and found out our dumpling hawker centre was closed for Chinese New Year. He has two months off, not one month off. Oh, there's obviously money in dumplings. Yeah, a bit of research and I've found a couple more little uh, gems for our next uh, Get a Dumpling Up Your Trip 2020. Have a great week, mate. Let's pray this rain keeps on going and uh, thanks again for talking to the tinny. Thanks, Andy. Cheers, mate. You do know, Andy, that middle-aged men banging on about the same thing over and over, particularly what they like to eat, gets boring, yeah? <laughs> I, I do, I do. Okay. Yeah. You know that? Yeah, so I'm going to stop banging on with you right now. You can do it however you want, fishing at abc.net.au is the email, or on Bookface, uh, just send us a message, or a homing pigeon, or when you get a sticker from Neville, yeah, put a little note uh, in his gob. Uh, I always like to start, uh, as we do, Andy, with a little bit of housekeeping, a few points of order out of the way. You recall this from last time we were together uh, a fortnight or so ago. I would like to broach the subject of boat captaincy. At this point, I can reveal that Packy Andy is a close compatriot of mine. My immediate concern is this. If the captain of the vessel, in this case, Packy Andy, is derelict in his duties of putting said crew onto fish, can he be demoted in his own boat? And how far down the list can he go? Answers to my questions do have a time limit, as I have an upcoming trip planned for the runoff with Andy. And after the last couple of unsuccessful and quite frankly, embarrassing trips, I would like to increase my success rate. If it means Andy, AKA Bucket Boy, needs to be demoted in his own vessel, then the call needs to be made soon. Well, your two weeks is up. What's the ruling? You can't be demoted. You can't be demoted from skipper of your own boat back to a decky or a bucket boy. No matter what the indiscretion, no matter how foul and heinous and consistent the indiscretion. No, no. Because have you seen the castle? A man's home is his castle, slash woman's home is their castle. It's the same principle in a boat. It's, 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 a, it's legal ownership. 
Okay, so what the mole needs to know is they now have a choice. Under no circumstances will you be stepping down from the helm. They can either come on the boat or not. Yeah, you've got a choice, mole. Um, <laughs> make, make it. Uh, okay, there it is. You can send in your tinny moles to uh, fishing at abc.net.au. We will protect your anonymity uh, on fear of the firing squad or jail. From the Rock Lobster, hi team. I want to give a big shout out to two top blokes that came to my rescue a few weeks back. This is a good yarn. Uh, before I start, I must establish that I'm always careful in planning my trips and carry all the safety gear. Good, tick. Mm. We like that here at the Tinny. It was a three-day expedition you, around... The, you do. Well, you don't? Oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, a bit... F- I'd, I'd suggest I'm a little bit faster and looser uh, than old mate who, who wears his safety jacket with 18 e-perbs all over it. And Neither here nor there on safety. Yeah, oh, I'm, look, on, I'm uh, on the fence, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at least you got an opinion. Uh, so it was a three-day expedition around the mouth of the south um, with his mate Ken, and the barrow was shy, but they got goldies and tricky and snapper, tricky snapper out the front. Fantastic. Yeah. We dodged storms, copped a bit of rain, had a great time, and he got his PB Dewey at one thirty-two on a handline. Very, very serious Dewey. What, and but listen to this: in six feet of water on a handline. Yeah, ex- that's extreme fishing. Yep. Hats that's off. what that is. Hats off. On the way home, I ran out of petrol, 20k short of the ramp. Bugger. The How field. is there ever any... Uh, I shouldn't say this, because yeah, I'll do you, it. I'll do it. You've probably done <laughs> and it. I've probably done yeah. it. It's an embarrassing way to stuff up, because petrol is a key requirement of forward momentum. Yeah, it is. And, and you don't go around the next corner of a river and go, oh, there's the BP. <laughs> it's a bit different to running out in a car, isn't it? Anyway, so he's run out of, ca- of uh, petrol, and he said the fuel gauge wasn't working, so he'd calculated his consumption oh. and clearly screwed that up. Okay. Tide was just turning um, to run out, and getting to the ramp on the electric motor was unlikely. So, you know, that scenario too, you've got the current roaring, and you're trying to go into it with, like, two yeah. horsepower, yeah. and you're going backwards, and it all turns pretty ugly. Hadn't seen many boats, so in fact the car park was empty. Setting it off an orange flare might have been dramatic, but I have in the past... Uh, and a boat drove straight past, waving as I signalled for assistance. So the two lads in this boat... So ha- hang on. In the past, he's waved in the for past, assistance. In the past, he's waved. So and he did have... set off a flare. Mm, You'd be very pleased with this individual. Yeah, well, I mean, they're not there for show. You know, the, the, the vest is not full <laughs> of on, plastic nothings. Damn good fun, too. <laughs> so the two lads in the boat motored over, uh, and after a bit of chit-chat, the skipper says, look, I hope you blokes need petrol. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow, bloody hell, he's psychic, they say. The lads had intended doing an overnighter uh-huh. uh, and had sev- several j- jerrys of fuel spare that they decided to bail out early on their trip. This is like the fuel gods. It is. This is beautiful. Like, this is like going round the corner and there being a BP. This is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It charges you zero dollars, presumably. came to you. Or that you pay for in beer. <laughs> this is just all good, all positive. I told you the show would be positive. <laughs> so then he asks us if we want a beer or a rum. It's just getting even better. How good are these? He'll days? even tow us to the ramp if we want. He didn't want money for the fuel, but I made sure that he was sort of top blokes. Bloody oath they're top blokes. Wow. I want to break down again, he says, so, <laughs> so I can be rescued by these fellas. I want to break fellas. down with you. Oh, they bring a bar and a servo to you. So a big shout out uh, genuinely to Artie and Credence from Jabberoo. Thanks again, fellas, and well done keeping the faith of the Church of the Tinny. Get a mullet up here in the nicest possible way. That is... Tim, my friend, my colleague, is yeah. what the church is all about. It is. Well done, Artie and Credence. You have a um, an honourable mention uh, owing to you. And by the way, uh, Rock Lobster, you don't need to put in the nicest possible way. Get a mullet up here 
is basically like saying I love you. So you don't need to qualify it. <laughs> it is a nice thing to say. Uh, now, as the storms and rain have been uh, back upon us, Andy, a good time, I think, to recap on a bit of weather-related correspondence and, and disasters. A timely warning, because I know how important it is to you, from Woody and Anthony about how you can never get complacent in the top-end wet season. This crew, full of experienced top-end fishers, they know what they're doing. They've been doing it in Territory Waters for a long time. Captain of the 26-foot boat, a 42-year long top-end fisher who'd been through plenty of storms um, uh, but caught out a bit when three supercells combined recently. We've seen a few of these and water spouts start spiralling up around you um, out at Dundee. Mm. And it was bad. The only thing you can do is go straight into the cyclonic winds, they reckon, um, which was up at about 100 k's, you know, turn the nose in and you just got to keep heading for it. Wow. Actually, pretty hard to listen to, isn't it? That that is very hard to listen to. That's serious. Yeah, and you can hear in the tones of voice. It's yeah, it's it's getting serious. They did that for an hour and a half. Wow. With the scuppers and bilge not keeping up. And guess what? As is often the case, all the safety gear was there, but they couldn't get to it because you could barely stand, let alone get to the front hatch where it was all kept. Amazingly, pulled through it. Have since installed installed a four thousand uh, GPH bilge life jackets in netting under the bimini. Eperb mounted on the console with another on a mermaid line with a float attached to the rear cleat on 30 metres of line should the vessel ever capsize. Perfect. But if there were ever any doubts, fishos, about whether these guys were church members, if they were true territory fishos, it should end here because in the middle of all that, I don't know, did you you catch this bit? Dave, how's your beer? Dave, how's your beer? (laughs) Did you get that? I did now. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, how's your beer? But an important warning, play it safe in the big storms. We all know it, but often you've got to get reminded because we all get complacent too. You too can give us a hoy at fishing at abc.net.au or via Faceache. Shoot it, share it, shout it. Give us a hoy. Windy old Karama. We're sitting here in a, in a little tinny. The owner of the tinny, his name's Kai Hale. G'day, Kai. G'day. What's the name of this proud vessel? Uh, this vessel is called Flat Maggot. Flat Maggot. What inspired this name? Uh, just the 30 on the back of a 12-foot tinny goes reasonably quick. And, yeah, Flat Maggot seems like a good name. You run a, a tight ship, I can tell, Kai. Esky uh, embedded into the floor here. Lure walls. Either side of the boat, very tight ship indeed. You've been fishing lately? I have, I have. We headed out to Lake Bennett over the weekend and I decided to take the tinny to pretty much test the electric motor out and uh, we did pretty good actually. We got 
a couple of toga and what size uh the biggest we got was 70 centimeters which was my pb and i was pretty stoked about yeah it went hard it had me fooled for about the whole fight but yep toga what are you flicking around uh, we're flicking three inch plastics with uh, rigged weedless with a flashy. Just amongst the uh, like the dead trees there? Yeah, dead trees, lily pads, just whatever structure pretty much we could find and what looked good and yeah. Notoriously uh, dirty fighter. Uh, how dirty were these toga? Oh, these toga were very dirty. Had us buried in whatever they could find as soon as they could. And a big sooty? How big? Yeah, I thought it was going to be a big toga, but yeah, it ended up being a 44 centimeter sooty, which was definitely my biggest and one of the biggest I've seen. No bad at this trip, but you have been targeting them lately. Uh, where have you been? I've been fishing Buff Creek just to get out of this wind, and I headed out on my own that day. Um, pulled up on the first of the incoming, got a couple of liveys, sunk them, hooked a good fish, but lost it in the timber. Would have been about 80, and then later on, um, I got a 56 next to that, and then a 60 later on. So I was pretty happy just for a quick solo trip to Buff, just to get out of the wind, just need to get out. Was that roughly when you decided that you needed an electric? Ah, yes it was, trying to fish on my own and paddle around and stuff, yeah, <laughs> I needed that electric, so. You're still in high school, bro, are these uh, after school missions or weekend? This one was a weekend, but I do like my after school missions here and there, yeah. I mean, nothing better, I imagine, than rocking up at school, having caught a barra already. Yeah, nothing at all, no good brag that I've slayed a barra in the morning while everyone's just getting up. Now, there is one other thing we need to discuss. Uh, you had a, a bit of a, uh, a lucky find in Shoal Bay uh, recently. What happened? So about a month ago, we decided to head out to Shoal Bay and we were flicking some sticks and I spotted a vibe in the tree, so I asked Dad if we could go in and grab it. So we grabbed it and it was a bit of a quiet day, nothing much, so I decided to tie the vibe on. Um, what like, colour? It was black and gold. Ah. Five or six casts into this black and gold vibe, um, I hooked into a good fish, fought it, and it ended up being a 83. So I was pretty stoked with the first fish of the day on the lucky vibe, and that was the only fish of the day. So about a week later, we headed to the same spot in Shoal Bay. While we are going along structure scanning for some barra, I stuck the vibe out the back, and within about five minutes of trolling it, I hooked into a good fish, landed it, and it ended up being my first meter, meter on the dot. So I was pretty, yeah, pretty stoked. Hey! <laughs> Have you used that vibe since? Oh, I haven't actually. It's hanging up on the wall. I didn't <laughs> want to lose it. Not yeah. to be used again. No, not to be used. That one's retired and done its dash. Well, congrats, man. Look, um, thanks for having so me. I've got uh, another story if you want to hear it. Go on. Yeah, so after I caught the metery, I was pretty keen to get back in amongst it. So took my friend out and flat maggot. Headed back up Shell Bay. This time we fished meckets. Cast netted all morning. Got two mullets. So it was a bit of a slow morning. Had both baits out hooked a brim on the mullet and I was fighting it normal and then all of a sudden big bow wave up behind the brim and all of a sudden just dead weight and then started coming towards us we knew it was a big fish straight away so my mate ran down to the beach like to grab it um, this thing jumped and it was easy 115 like one of the biggest bow we've ever seen it was insanely big about two minutes later into the fight it spat my brim so I hadn't even hooked the bow it just had the brim wedged down its throat so I was pretty annoyed about that. And as we were having a sook about losing that fish, my mate Rod went off, hooked another good fish. This thing wasn't as big, maybe metre five. We lost that. He thumbed that straight into the stick. So I'll always give him a bit of crap about that one. Oh. After that, we got a few smaller fish up to, I think it was 70, a couple of jacks. And then 
no liveys from about midday on. So my mate stuck out a dead whiting with no head. And he's like, you reckon I'll get a big bar on this? I was like, oh, maybe a jack. Um, about five minutes later, this thing jumps, and we called it for about an 80. About 10 minutes later, because he was, wasn't thumbing at this time, he was giving it a bit, um, landed it, and it ended up being a metre three. Oh. So, yeah. On a whiting without a head? On a whiting without a head. So next time, you know, your whiting gets its eyes eaten out by a crab, all is not lost. No, all is not lost at all. That's perfect bait for the metre. Well, you've had an interesting uh, last sort of month or so, mate. Yeah, I sure have, but this wind's starting to get to me now. I can just see Flat Maggot here is just quivering in anticipation to go out again. Good on you, Kai. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How's that, he goes? I've got another story if you want to hear it. And then he proceeds to tell one of the best yarns of 2020. If that's a by-the-by, then wow. Yeah, you know, yeah. Others are out there mourning the, the non-soon, and these blokes are out there catching monster barra on whiting without heads. Yeah, excellent assessment of, um, of the bait choices, I thought. You know, you don't need $20, $30 lures, just a whiting with no eyeballs or a brim. <laughs> or a brim. And Flat Maggot. Flat Maggot! What, what a great name for a little punt or a little tinny owned by a couple of young go-getters. I think his parents are concerned about the level of Kai's addiction for fishing. And if you're listening, Kai's parents, do not be concerned about the level of your son's obsession. No, be grateful. Be, be grateful. Be very grateful. It is one of the healthiest, although it doesn't look that way. It looks like he needs help. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's actually very healthy for him to be getting out as often as possible in flat maggot and going flat maggot. Coming up in just a moment too, Fishos, another cracking yarn. A hat-trick in cricket is a big deal, that granted, but in fishing a hat-trick of meteries, it's... Eh, it's got a pull rank, doesn't it? It happened this week, Fishos, on one of our big, iconic top-end rivers. You'll find out which uh, very shortly. Tim, we've been talking about climate change and the impact on angling over the past few episodes. In particular, you might have uh, might remember, or you probably don't because you were at the wedding last week with your bolognese stained shirt, but whilst you were doing that, Beard and I were talking about Barra being caught at Parramatta. Approving our theory. Yeah. Proving our theory. Any kingies turning up at the Song Saigon yet? None yet, but I'll tell you what, uh, the first bit came true, so or the Rainbow second trout, well. Rainbow trout in the freshwater shady? Trout in the bong. Oh. Bong trout. <laughs> I don't know. It's all possible. It's all on the horizon. Um, just had a really interesting text in from a mate, and he says this. Uh, had an interesting discussion with some fellas about rising sea levels. His theory... Uh, before you... Do you really want to do this? This is... Do, well, we, do we want to delve further into climate change and its responsibility for top-end weather and fishing patterns well this is coming to you red hot off my phone so it's untested let's just put it out there and unpack it in weeks to come (laughs) Um, (laughs) okay when i'm on leave and it's just you and big had an interesting discussion with a fella about rising sea levels his theory is that we're placing too many ships in the ocean and displacing too much (laughs) water He's called it the Archimedes Principle. Now, I don't know whether this is a setup or whether that's serious, but we'll look into it. It sounds deadly serious and credible as far as the tinny's concerned. Glad you did share it. Belt in the casts and uh, triple hookups all around. I was crying. I was just in shock. It hurts. Put our backs back in. It scared her a bit, I think. She touched it and poked its eye and was pretty happy with Mum. Tales from the Tinny. Well, it's quiet. 
in the tackle shops across Darwin and bordering on depressing. Thankfully, some positive signs outside for once. Uh, Ronnie Vukalos from Fishing and Outdoor World, it, it's actually started to rain. Up until Thursday, it was depressing with a torturous 20-knot dry westerly. No rain in sight, dry rivers. For those who haven't been in the Territory a long time, why is this like Chinese water torture? Make that Chinese desert torture uh, for a top-end fish show. What should we be expecting? Obviously we're expecting rain and when you get, you know, the only time we sort of, we get those blowouts and poor weather you can't get offshore is normally when it's bucketing down with rain. So you've got a 20 to 25 knot westerly howling. So we had that westerly howling except we didn't have any precipitation. That's torture. It, it's both types of bad bikini dive. Don't know how to put it. It's a bit depressing, isn't it? So I think everyone's got a bit of cabin fever. Catherine River, as of Thursday morning, was at eight metres. Rain's hopefully drifting north and getting some localised rain around those Alligator River floodplains and that. So it's all positive, mate. Hopefully it won't be too long. We've had an enforced closed season on the blue water. No one's been able to get out, so we've just conjure up images of rampant schools of golden snapper and dewies ready to do their thing so it's all positive it's amazing what 24 hours it's a long time in footy as they say it's a long time it's even longer time in fishing it just conjures a certain image of you lying in bed with these images in your head ronnie and then hearing that rain on the roof uh, the heart must flutter a little and and the sheets must move a bit too well i've done about that but we had a broken down pipe and it woke the kids up and i wasn't too worried about that because <laughs> it's been no rain so no downpipe noise so it was a good issue i said to the wife i'll go check it out we're all good this flush is critical for the Daly River, isn't it? It's something, you know what I mean? And that's such a vital area, you know, there up to that El Sharana and all that. That's just the, you know, that's where all our water comes from. So it's just vital that that gets some, some rain. It's interesting, we're only commenting that in those good years that we had, it'd be like, oh, how's it, Catherine? Oh, it's only at eight metres, you know, and sort of, you know, expecting a lot more. And this, this time around, it's like, wow, it's got to eight. Woo-hoo! Here we go. <laughs> but interesting, I had um, one of the tackle reps, was, he went for a fly the other day uh, with helifish there up uh, just to have a little explore. And fishing was a bit slow, but he indicated quite a lot of water up around Clear Creek. In fact, they couldn't land because it was over. The banks are clear and apparently looked like quite a bit of water up around Lizzie. So there's been quite a bit of localised rain. And I think if, you know, this... Right, you know, we get the actual level of the river up and give it a good scour out and clean out rock, but it could that daily river could resemble something of the, you know, that magnificent thing that it is, not that stagnant channel that it was in 2019. Although it sounded like really positive reports on the east that there's a fair bit of silt there too. An angler got, went downstream as 1.8 over the Cahills. You thought, oh well, you know, plenty of water. And he got stuck not far down uh, past a rock bar. Um, as it turns out that. It must have been that that water that was 1.8 must have been local water and it's essentially was sitting on top of the mud because when they got stuck they could get out and the mud was compacted down so it was yeah but that was what may seem like a lifetime ago now with this rain we've you know they've been getting some steady falls the last week or so you know looking at you know night you know showers at night and that sort of thing and then you know a bit of a half decent system so yeah it's onwards and upwards it's almost yeah draw a line in in it as of last week and let's start again so it's all positive it's probably going to be hard to you know your options are going to be pretty limited chatting to Chris Hurt this morning he was did Down Harbour the last couple of days and it was tough work up in the creek for a barra I mean that's you're always your you know your go-to but it's not a it's not a bad thing I don't know if we've had a you know if we'll get enough rain to say have some flash culvert flooding and you know 
be Johnny on the spot and go and have a look there, but it's something, you know, like we suddenly the, the walls are stocked with bombers and B-52s and next thing we might, we might actually move some stock because <laughs> the fishers can get excited. I don't want to take this too far, Ronnie, but is it a new dawn? It's something of a new dawn. It's just, it had been such a dark period. It's just that wind, I just cannot get over that dry, bloody 20 knots. But so just, you know, normally we, you know, the, the keen fishers would, you know, sort of get out and chase a billy or go and, there's always the beauty of the territory. And living in Darwin, you've got that, the blue waters right there, you've got those options. You just had nil. The other one that really needs a big flush as part of the new dawn beard. Like potentially that? an overreach. Okay. Will the new dawn flush out the south and how desperately is it required? Well, the, I saw a photo from beginning of February from a, you know, a, an angler that knows his stuff. He got beached high and dry for 12 hours above Nalangi towards the you know, Leichhardt, the, the most easily navigable river. Did this, you say that to him when he showed you the photos of him maroon for 12 hours? No. Gee, that's I, an easily navigable river. What did? No, well, he, I would have got... It's amazing. Like, he did the same. He stayed at Coinda, a leisurely little trip up the south to have a look, see if there's a... With the six-month-old on board, <gasps> stuck for 12 hours. Like, big, before New Year's, you duck up the south and then, you know, get a bit of flow up the top and have a fish and get a few... It's just what you do. And people have gone there and just couldn't get up in the Langey, all of that. It was unbelievable it's amazing and that's obviously what that river looks like in say october november we'll often get customers who are new to the place and they think oh, i might go up the top of the south and have a look and this will be in the build-up and we're like oh don't have such a good idea well now i've actually got a photo to show people who say no it's not a good idea but yeah hope this looks like you know they closed the car park the beginning of, or last week at yellow waters and you know so that's indicating it's all flowing so it'll need a bit but hopefully that's what we're experiencing now over the next few days Behandy, Dave, how are you feeling emotionally about the new dawn? It's like you're down, walking down a long, black, dark tunnel and there's a dodgy fluoro at the end just flickering. Yes. Exciter is yes. not quite working. It's on and off. A little starter. So I reckon, you know, like a, like a moth drawn to a little bit of light, you kind of head towards it and are hoping that it's going to get a little bit brighter. You're a fit man. I see you picking up pace, heading towards the flicker. You are the moth. Might leave, might, might leave it there. <laughs> see you, boys. Have a good weekend, gents. Welcome to the new dawn. To the new dawn. How good is it to be a Territorian when it's raining? It's good. Raining on the church. It's better than 50 days of 40 degrees with howling winds and no rain as Catherine and other places in the top end have experienced. It's it's good. It is. Our collective calls, Tim, for precipitation have mm. been answered. Mm. Praise be the mullet. Red, fast and free. Presenting the Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Some say it's the scientific standard for measuring length. Some say that it gives you a guaranteed 20% more luck in catching fish. Some say that these stats might be slightly exaggerated. Much like your fishing yards without a Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Email fishing at abc.net.au or message the Tinny on Facebook to get yours. And that's what... What Bez has done. 
I'm an avid listener of the church sermons from drought-stricken New South Wales. I listen to you guys either on the tractor or on the water chasing Murray Cod. Good on you, Bez. Nice to hear from you. Uh, regarding your conundrum of the big man upstairs, uh, how would they make the, cruci- the crucifix if the big man uh, was an octopus? Uh, clearly the crucifix would be made of an eight-spoke wooden ship steering wheel. Oh, yeah, that, that, nice. was, that was the theory. Thanks for nice. for helping too. That was the theory I was going for too with the um, with the spoke of a motorbike or push bike wheel. Could I please grab a uh, a brag sticker? As my brag mat just got pinched by floodwaters, as well as the boat. Oh, good lord! It all got washed away. Get a beer and a goddamn mullet up you. That we will. The sticker is on its way. <laughs> Unfortunately, the uh, drunken albatross not capable of carrying an entire tinny replacement, but he'll, he'll give you the sticker. I hope you either find your stuck eight metres up a tree from the floodwaters uh, a little way downstream soon, Bez, or otherwise acquire a new one. It's about the peak of Nev's ability, really, is to deliver a sticker. That's yeah, that's, the, that's, that's as much as we can ask. That's where even his that's job a, description ends. Even that's a struggle. <laughs> that's right. Uh, from Shane, hi to the church. I'm in desperate times, split with the missus. Oh. Uh, brackets, not a bad thing. <laughs> she took the dog. Brackets, God, I miss him. So, <laughs> no, nah, tough times. I can understand that. Um, the beer fridge decided to pack it in. Uh, and brackets, she also took all the beer. <laughs> oh, okay. Now we're feeling your pain. Uh, so I've been channeling my inner calm by pursuing the mighty Barramundi in the holy and sacred rivers of far north Queensland. Mm. That's a great thing to do. That's what you do. Uh, but alas, the fishing gods have been most unkind. Snapped rods, straightened hooks, dropped fish. I'm reaching out to the bishops of the church, uh, I presume that's us, in the hope that they'll bestow their blessing on me in the form of 120YYY Red Gofast sticker to help excise the demons that have played havoc with my faith yeah. in the last few months and the bring faith, you the back faith. to the fold of catching bear money. The faith has been questioned there, Shane, after the missus left and took the dog in the beer fridge. Not the beer fridge. The beer fridge packed it in. She took the beer in the beer fridge. Mm. Look, it's, it's part of the journey, having a faith, isn't it? It is. That um, we're often questioned and challenged in our, in our faith. And one of the, the benefits that perhaps we haven't spoken about a lot on the tinny of the Go Fast sticker is that when you put it on your boat, even if you're not measuring fish against it, when you look at it, it, re- it renews the faith. It's like looking up to the stars at night and knowing that... He's up there somewhere on a... Those members are up, on a, up there. On a, he's up there somewhere on an eight-spoked steering wheel from a large ship. Not exactly where the, I was going. The octopus is in the heavens, <laughs> smiling upon us. You can get a sticker too via fishing at abc.net. You. The fish is kept boarding. Beautiful, it's just glass off, non-stop, every cast you got to hit. It's hard to choose really and you don't know what you got until the end. Barrel him up straight away, nice and fresh and straight in the fridge. You're listening to Tales from the Tinny. Get up, mama, love you. <laughs> well, Beard and I have been heralding an awakening, I guess, the new dawn for Territory Fish Eyes and it, it seems so fitting that Errol from Wagite can share his story of his new dawn because Errol you've been in a difficult place can we can we put it that way yeah you could safely say yeah it's been a bit of a tough time the last few months how tough just a lot of self-doubt you know throwing lures I'm not sure what I'm doing anymore am I just going boating am I fishing what am I doing did you lose self-belief Yes, it's gone. You don't even know whether you know how to fish anymore. <laughs> yeah, basically. I was 
didn't even want to put the boat in. That's where it got to. You know, mates wouldn't fish with me. What does this self-doubt look like and feel like aboard your boat? Oh, just depression. Giving up earlier than I should. Not fishing hard enough. Not backing myself in with picking the right lures. You know you should change lures, but you look at your tackle box, you don't know what to choose because you don't believe in you, Errol. Hitting it as hard as I can and it's nothing happening, so I'm just not sure what's happening, you know. What am I What am I doing wrong? There was a recent trip to Shady. The tides were dead neap, so we had a little window there, but I thought there'd be enough flood water for at least an hour either side of the tide, and I rocked up at about 4.30 in the morning and... There was a guy in the hole at the bottom of the ramp and the tide was just sort of wandering out. So then I drove all the way back to Darwin and then went back out to Saltwater Arm and then I just trolled around Saltwater Arm casting and just hated life that day. <laughs> it wasn't a fun time. <laughs> just lots of driving for nothing. Beard, this is why Beryl from Beyond Barrow exists. I mean, yeah. this, this is a case study in Errol of why we've got a whole floor dedicated to a mental health department at TFTHQ. Yeah, she's got a file in you, doesn't she, Errol? <laughs> yeah, very thick, very thick file. <laughs> but there is hope, because we held a new dawn. Yeah, even on this recent trip, I mean, we were driving down, we got not too far past Dorat, and then the car starts overheating. What, what is it this time? You know, every trip to daily is something. Do I run risk of cooking motor to get to daily? Of course I do. <laughs> it was funny. It got worse the closer to the ramp we got. <laughs> you know, we got to the ramp and it was three quarters and I'm in first gear and it's at three quarter temp. And I'm thinking, oh no, like what if we get to the bottom of the ramp and then it, the load trying to get back up the ramps too much and that cooks it. Yeah, we did it anyway. Got the turn of the tide at the S-Bends. Um, plenty of bait around. Not many fish, <laughs> if any. You're used to this. Yeah, I'm used to this. Nothing new for me. Ended up all the way at Catfish Creek. There wasn't even colour coming out of it, so turned around and went back up to Lizzie. I was pushing good colour. I was dragging it through the corner. I just felt a really good just hit. I was like, oh. So I cast it again, same spot, nothing. And then the second cast after that, just bang, hooked up, started jumping. Really good fish, started jumping around the boat, really taking me for a run. Get the net, get the net, get it in the water, get it ready in the I'm water. Back. <laughs> get it in the water. I'm thinking, I can't wait to post this to see all my mates see that I'm not a shit fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, as soon as I thought that, the hooks popped out. I lost it. I was like, oh my god, it continues. All the little doubts are coming back. I dropped a rat at the boat again, another one. I was like, here we go. And your mind is in a straitjacket. <laughs> mm. This is awful to listen to, I'm going to say. This is really hurting, bro. Yeah. I mean, I've got to shout out props to my mate, Connor, for he really pushed me to stay at a few of these spots because I was at the point where I was just like... And he's take like, up knitting. Retake up knitting. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes after that, had another hit. I, was, I said to him, look, we'll have a few more casts and we'll go. And I decided to swap lures just this massive hit I was just insane and then this huge head came out of the water and my mate was just like that's a metery I was just like <laughs> it took off out in the middle panicking in my mind just panicking that the hooks are going to give and every you know and you just feel that little ting and it could be the line off a, off a fin or a hook pulling out I was just thinking oh no it's going to happen but we got it to the boat. Put the net in the water. The net in the water. I'll put the fish into the net. <laughs> and he knows what he's doing. I was just panicking. 
my mate tried to lift it and the net just snapped in half. So I've got one end of the hoop and he's got the other and we're just hauling it on board. You did it. It did it. It was a metre 11. It was an absolute cracker. I just I thought, done it. I've smashed a PB. I've, I'm out of the slump. I'm back. I was shaking. I was trying to get the hooks out as fast as possible, get the length, get the nice photos with it, and then just started swimming it. Sit down, hit the esky, <laughs> and go on. My mate said, you've got to have a beer, so we cracked a beer. I was exhausted. Like We started fishing again. Bang. It was on again. By the time I'd felt the hit, and looked at my lure, this fish had just jumped sideways, and then st- same thing, just straight down to the middle. It was nuts. It was just jumping. I've never... It was massive. I don't know what it's doing. <laughs> it was huge. <laughs> it was just jumping around. I'm just thinking, oh my God, don't lose this one either. That was 106, and I was like, what's going on, you know? Sit down, open the esky, <laughs> then go, go on. Go on, yeah. I know, my mate was probably a little bit upset by this stage. No, he's keen to get one too, so... He's caught nothing at this stage. Yeah, he's had about one touch the whole day. I think I was sitting there for about 10 minutes, just frothing out. Bang, on again. (laughs) (laughs) My mate just went, I hate you. (laughs) I now hate you. (laughs) And then that, yeah, I was not, I just felt, oh shit. I felt it and I was like, oh no. We were sorry for you at the beginning, we now hate you. I was just frothing out. It's just same thing. Hit it in the air. End it, beard. We, I, I, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Went out to the middle, did it? <laughs> no easy fight. Right there, right <laughs> the middle. That's no. Nah, that was it. That was the last one. Daily River last week, three meteries consecutively to a man. I think the Church of the Tinny would have to agree, beard deserved it as much as anyone. He did. Well, I mean, we still hate him, but uh, he deserved it. <laughs> Oh man, I'm just tripping out. I still can't. It's just surreal. I just, I've only ever heard of that sort of stuff, and I'm, you know, and then it happened. You just got to keep going and going and going and going through the pain. Push on. Just keep pushing. And if it's breaking, definitely keep going because it means it's trying to stop you from getting your dream. Do the miles. Do some more miles. Do some miles again, and then some more miles. And maybe at the end, do some more miles. <laughs> Thanks, Harold. <laughs> well oh, done. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. A 111, a 106, and a 107. Three in a row. Hat-trick of meteries last week on the daily. That is a new dawn. And all he needed was a new radiator. That, that Any one of us had copped that, wouldn't we? If, if, if we were told by the big bloke on the ship's steering wheel the octopus, that if you go out today, you will catch three meteries, but you'll need a brand new radiator for whatever vehicle it is you drive. Yeah, we're going to take that. I'd take that. I'd take that. No problems. Also, the best review we've ever heard for Beryl services at Beyond Barra, uh, our TFT helpline and mental health counselling service on level three at TFT HQ, wouldn't you agree? She does a great job just working on anglers one, one at a time. And she, she just took on his case, took on his file, worked on him slowly, removed the mental straitjacket from his mind, and look what happened. New man, new dawn. Dows from the tinny, get a mullet. Tim, I've been pondering that Archimedes principle throughout the duration of this particular episode of the Tinny. 
or what that your mate reckons that climate change is because sea level rise sea level is yeah. because the number of ships in the ocean is displacing that much water that the sea levels are rising yeah so if you took all the ships out of the water around the world um how much would the sea how level much drop? would the sea level go down well i too have been digging around on this theory oh yeah what do you got how much would the sea level fall if every ship were removed all at once from the earth's waters that's your question mm. dr google has had the question posed many times okay diagnosis uh, about six microns, slightly more than the diameter of a strand of spider silk. <laughs> okay. So it would have an impact. Yes, it would. A measured impact, a measurable impact. Theory proven. Why have they missed it? Why has the whole debate missed this? I don't know. It's gone under the radar, hasn't it? Took the church of the tinny, didn't it? It did. Thank you, friend texter. Thanks also to Three Metery Errol for diminishing the self-esteem of thousands of anglers in one foul swoop. <laughs> did he? <laughs> did he what? And then on the other, it's sort of like a sweet and sour, yeah. I love it. There was and then de- the sweet part is, wow, that, that that stuff can happen. Definitely a love and hate relationship with that particular event. Cheers too to Jared Godson, to Kai Hale aboard the good ship Flat Maggot, Ronnie Vuklas and Bikini Dave, as always, and thanks to our uh, speargrass enthusiast. Warren DeWith. We'll explore those theories more next week. We will. Mm. Thanks also here to uh, German composer Richard Strauss for our liberal overuse of his music to denote that we are in fact, Fishos, at the beginning of a brand new dawn. Maybe. <laughs>